Perhaps you've seen or heard this famous quote attributed to cartoonist Bill Watterson, who's the creator of Calvin and Hobbes' comic strip. God put me on this earth to accomplish a certain number of things. Right now, I'm so far behind that I will never die. <laughs> you ever felt like that? You ever get to the end of the day and say to yourself, did I even accomplish anything of value today? You ever find yourself asking, where in the world did all my time go? Well, I want you to know I have the answer today. A recent survey reveals that in the average American's lifetime, he or she will spend 22 years of their lives sleeping. He or she will spend 20 years watching television, playing video games, surfing the internet, or following social media. He or she will spend six years of their lives eating. He or she will spend five years just waiting in line. <laughs> He or she will spend four years doing housework. He or she will spend one year looking for lost objects. <laughs> he or she will spend eight months opening junk mail. I thought it would be more than that. He or she will spend six months just sitting at stoplights. Hmm. No wonder we feel like we don't get anything done. <clears throat> Our days are packed with appointment after appointment as we run here and there and everywhere. Life is one long rush hour at times, even here in quiet little Springville. A poll by the Fresno Bee reveals that 61% of us say we simply do not have enough time. We believe we have more time than we have, we have more to do than we have the time to do it. And the stressful pace of our lives is out of control. Nearly 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul gave us some sound advice in Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. Let's read these two verses out loud together. Would you read them with me? Live life, then, with a due sense of responsibility, not as people who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time, despite all the difficulties of these days. Wow. You talk about a couple of relevant verses for our 21st century lifestyle. This morning, as we continue our series from the book of Proverbs, Walking in Wisdom, we're going to be looking at God's wisdom about time. As Paul said, it's very important for us to make the best use of your time. Time is our most precious and valued commodity. If we waste our time, we waste our lives. If we lose a grip on our schedules, then we lose a grip on life itself. As we've been reading and studying our way through Proverbs together these past couple of months, perhaps you have already noticed how often Solomon addresses God's wisdom on time. I can readily identify four timeless practical steps that we must follow in order for us to be better managers of our crazy schedules. First, we must line up our priorities. Line up our priorities. In Proverbs 17, verse 24, we read, An intelligent person aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many directions. We're like that circus act where the guy spins the plates. Have you seen that? You know what I'm talking about? 
I saw a guy on TV one time that had 29 plates all spinning <laughs> at the same time. I couldn't believe it. But isn't that a description sometimes of our lives? If you don't hear anything else I say together today, don't miss this. The secret to getting a grip on our schedules is not doing more. It is doing less. Doing less of what is not important so that we can focus on what is really important. Instead of a things-to-do list, many of us need a things-not-to-do list. It's not the things that we do are necessarily wrong. It's just that they're not necessary at all. We need to let some of the plates fall. Isn't that what Solomon means in Proverbs 12 and verse 11? It is stupid to waste time on useless projects. In other words, we need to make some choices. We need to line up our priorities. Now earlier I had you open your Bibles to Proverbs 16, so let's look at a few verses here together. Would you follow along in your Bible? We're going to begin with verse 1. To humans belong the plans of the heart. But from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. Down to verse 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Let me ask you, do you have plans for your life? What ways, what course, what steps are you following? It's amazing to me that we will take the time to write out a last will and testament, but we won't take the time and the effort to write out a clear statement of our goals and priorities. You know what that says to me? It says that we're better prepared for death than we are for life. We want to make sure that everything's in order for when we eventually leave this world. What about making sure that everything's in order while we're still in this world. Over and again, Solomon advises us to be wise through and to think through our priorities, allowing them to govern our activities. Proverbs 13, verse 16. All who are prudent act with knowledge. Proverbs 19, verse 2 puts it this way. It's not good to have zeal without knowledge, nor to be hasty and miss. The way. Sometimes I think we're that way. We're a little too busy. We take on far too many things and, bless our hearts, we try to be passionate and zealous about all those things that we do, but the problem is we shouldn't be doing all of them. We need to learn how to say no. Some of us need to go home this afternoon and stand in front of our mirror and practice that little word. Just look at yourself in the eye and say, no. And then say it again. No. And say it yet another time. No. So that it's a little easier for us to say it when we need to in our daily lives. See, the point is, either our schedule will be governed by pressures others choose for us or by the priorities that we choose for ourselves. Let me say that again. Either our schedule will be governed by pressures others choose for us or by the priorities we choose for ourselves. Which will it be 
for you. When we line up our priorities, it allows us to control our schedules and to stay on course. Proverbs 15, verse 21. Whoever has understanding keeps a straight course. No veering to the right or to the left. No straying off course. No chasing off on rabbit trails. Let's read Proverbs 4, verses 25 through 27 out loud together. Keep looking straight ahead without turning aside. Know where you are headed and you will stay on solid ground. Don't make a mistake by turning to the right or to the left. So if we want to be better managers of our time, first, we need to line up our priorities. Second, we must lighten up our attitudes. Lighten up our attitudes. Notice what Solomon writes, Proverbs 12 and verse 25. Anxiety in the heart of a person weighs it down. And judging by the looks on the faces and our body language, there are a lot of us who are pretty weighed down with anxiety and stress due to our out-of-control schedules. What we need to understand is that anxiety and stress is not an event. It is not something that happens to us. It is rather an attitude. It is something that happens in us. And our attitudes are something that we choose ourselves. I mean, think about it for a moment with me. Two people can be facing exactly the same challenge, and one will be completely stressed, and the other will be completely at peace. How is that possible? Because... It's a matter of choice. And frankly, we just need to lighten up. <laughs> I like the wise instruction of Solomon in Proverbs 14, verse 30. A relaxed attitude lengthens a person's life. Did you catch that? If we would just lighten up, we would live longer. Someone put this cartoon in my mail slot outside my office door. I wonder what they were trying to communicate. Look at it closely. And in fact, they wrote my name, Mark, right underneath it, so they were really addressing it to me because they know that I have a hard time relaxing. Here I am supposedly laying in a hammock, and here's the hammock, and here am I, all straight and stiff. I can't even relax because this person who put it there, and I have no idea who it was, if you want to confess that to me, I would be happy to have a conversation with you about it. But you nailed me, let me tell you, because I do at times have a hard time relaxing <laughs> at times. Oh, it must have been Margaret that put that there. <laughs> By the way, did you ever notice that Jesus was never in a hurry? He was never stressed out about life. At the age of 12, he said, I must be about my father's business. He already knew his purpose, and he had already lined up his priorities. And then at the end of his life, next slide, he said, it is finished. I mean, was everyone saved? No. Was everyone healed? No. But Jesus came to the end of his earthly life, and he said, it is finished. In other words, he was really saying, I've accomplished what I came here to do. It's finished. And he could rest in peace knowing that his mission in life was fulfilled. Let's read Proverbs 17 and verse 22 out loud together. 
Being cheerful keeps you healthy. It is a slow death to be gloomy all the time. Folks, we need to lighten up. We need to laugh again. I said that in a crowd here not too long ago, and somebody said, oh, I'll laugh again when I feel better. And I said, no, that's backwards. You'll feel better when you laugh again. Have you ever said, someday I'm going to look back on this situation and smile? Well, then why wait? If you can smile later, why not smile right now? Lighten up. Humor is life's shock absorber. Learn to laugh at life. As a pastor, I've never heard anybody ever say at the end of his or her life, I sure wish that I'd been more serious. I sure wish I hadn't had so much fun. No, but I sure heard plenty of people on their deathbed say they wish that they had enjoyed life more. As a friar in a Nebraska monastery was nearing the end of his own life, he penned these fitting words. You've got to listen to this. He said, if I had my life to live over again, I'd try to make more mistakes next time. I would relax. I would limber up. I'd be sillier than I have been on this trip. I know of very few things that I would have taken seriously. I'd make more trips. I would be crazier. I would climb more mountains, swim more rivers, and watch more sunsets. I would do more walking and looking. I would eat more ice cream and less beans. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I would have more actual troubles and fewer imaginary ones. Hmm. You see, I'm one of those people who lives life prophylactically and sensibly, hour after hour, day after day. Oh, I've had my moments, and if I had to do it over again, I would have more of them. In fact, I try to have nothing else, just moments, one after another, instead of living so many years ahead each day. I've been one of those people who never go anywhere without a thermometer, a hot water bottle, a gargle, a raincoat, aspirin, and a parachute. <laughs> If I had to do it over again, I would go places, do things, and travel lighter than I have this time. I have had my life, if I had my life to live over, I would start barefooted earlier in the spring and stay that way later in the fall. I would play hooky more. I wouldn't make such good grades except by accident. I would ride on more merry-go-rounds, and I would pick more daisies. I like that. How about you? If you had to do it all over again, would you lighten up? Then why not start today? <laughs> I mean, look at what Solomon wrote, Proverbs 15, verse 15. When a person is gloomy, everything seems wrong. When a person is cheerful, everything seems right. It's an attitude, isn't it? So if we want to be better managers of our time, second, we need to lighten up our attitudes. Third, we must listen up to others. We must listen up to others. Proverbs 12, verse 15. Fools think they know what's best, but a sensible person listens to advice. Proverbs 20, verse 18. Don't go ahead with your plans without the advice of others. Proverbs 28, verse 26. Only fools trust what they alone think. 
Now, we've talked about this principle, I think, so many times throughout this study of Proverbs. I'm not going to dwell on it long today, other than to say this. When it comes to balancing our schedules, we need the advice and the accountability of others. Our parents, our spouse, our close friends, our church leaders, our small group members. We need some people around us to whom we have given full permission to keep us balanced, who can confront us and hold us accountable, who can correct us when we overstep reasonable boundaries. So who is it that holds your feet to the fire? Who do you have who speaks into your life about your priorities? Who do you have that keeps you on track when it comes to managing your time? Enough said. If you want to be better managers of our time, third, we need to listen up to others. Fourth, we must look up to God. We must look up to God. Just listen to God's wisdom through Solomon on this one. Proverbs 9, verses 10 and 11. Reverence and fear of God are basic to all wisdom. Knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. And listen to this. It will make the hours of your day more profitable and the years of your life more fruitful. Proverbs 10, verse 27 simply promises reverence for God adds hours to each Listen, we don't need more time. We have all the time we need to do what God created us to do in life. Let me say that again. You've got to get this one. We have all the time we need to do what God created us to do in life. As a matter of fact, we all have the same amount of time. I mean, I have 60 seconds in every one of my minutes, don't you? I have 60 minutes in every hour, 24 hours in every day, 7 days in every week, don't you? Yes, it's exactly the same for each and every one of us. We don't need more time. What we do need is more time with God. More time looking to Him as the master of our schedules and the Lord of our time. I've heard the excuse, and I myself have used it, oh, I'm so busy, I just don't have time for Bible reading and prayer today. Nonsense! The busier we are, the more that we need to carve out time with God. I'm just going to get to the point here. We need a daily quiet time alone with God in His Word and in prayer. It's one of the greatest stress relievers in our lives. Why? Because it gets our eyes focused upward. Stress comes, you see, when we focus downward on ourselves and all the circumstances around us. But when we look up to God, it changes our whole perspective in life. We read it earlier in today's text. Now let's read it out loud together. Proverbs 16 and verse 3. Read it with me. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. And by the way, let me just say here, we commit to the Lord whatever we do before we start doing it. 
In other words, let God in on the forming and the shaping of our plans as we spend time with Him each and every day. He must be invited in on the planning and not just the doing. I tell people all the time, instead of praying, God, will you please bless what I'm doing, maybe we should be praying, God, will you help me to do what you are blessing? See the difference in the perspective there? One more proverb on this, and this is my life verse, by the way. If you've ever been in my office, you see this hanging up on my wall in the picture that Karen so beautifully portrayed. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. So, if we want to be better managers of our time, forth, we need to look up to God. Four principles then for getting a grip on our wild and crazy schedule. Four practical steps for time management. Line up our priorities. Lighten up our attitudes. Listen up to others. And look up to God. Walking in wisdom. Today's eighth lesson we've looked at Solomon's wisdom about time. Imagine that you receive a call. And you won a contest never happened to me, but you won a contest and you find out that $86,400 is going to be deposited into your bank account every night at midnight, but with this catch, you must spend each and every dollar before the next midnight and you must be accountable to the giver of the prize for how wisely you spent the money. How would you fare? Some of you are saying, well, give me a chance. Yeah. But you know what? In reality, God deposits 86,400 seconds into our time accounts each and every day, and they too must be spent wisely before that day is over, and someday we will, in fact, be accountable to God for how we spent what He has entrusted to us. How are you faring with that one? Let's read Psalm 90 and verse 12 out loud together as we close. Read this with me. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. 